to see you again. Good, it's nice to see you too. <laughs> You've got those lovely autumn leaves behind you. Yes. And trees, it's beautiful. <laughs> Getting into the feeling for fall. We got to start all over again. Yep, no, that's fine. Well, it's set in um, Noble Park and um, it moves forward 10 years from 1966 to 1976. And in 1966, Dave disappears and he comes back 10 years later. So that's where the story, what the story is about when he comes back. How, because he sent, um, Mark a letter saying that he, there was something that he wanted to ask him and Mark's all excited thinking oh he wants to you know be my partner and everything and um and he's got all these ideas in his head and he fantasizes because there's no zoom meetings there's no there's only telegraphs in those days and phone calls but he didn't know where he went to and um you know like so he's at a loss until finally Dave's coming home and they're having a party for him at, at his parents' house. So, yeah, so um, he's wondering what he's going to look like and, you know, whether he's wearing glasses, if his hands are rough, has he been working on the land and stuff like that. So, and then it progresses from there. So Dave, Dave moved. How far away, Dave, how far away did he move? Like... Another he moved thing. to Ballarat, which is in the countryside. Oh, okay. So he moved. Yeah, so he moved over 20 kilometres out from Noble Park. It would have been um, oh, about a um, two-hour drive away. Oh. Yeah. And did everybody think he went to live with his aunt or somebody like that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that makes normal sense that someone would do that, or was that... Is that kind of the plot thickens with that move? Yeah, well, um, someone saw him get on the train with his dad and Mark saw him a couple of days before or a day before and in the milk bar. Mark is already there and Dave is coming back and he sees Dave in the milk bar just before. And so um, what happens is um, Dave says that he's going to the countryside to visit his aunt so and Mark thinks oh wow you know I'd love to go away for holidays because it's school holidays and um, so Dave is going away he says so when they tell him that Dave left he thinks well Dave told me you know he was going away but the way that they tell him in the schoolyard he doesn't know what to believe then so you know, so his mind just goes berserk with all these things. Is he sick and, you know, what's happening and that. So, yeah. Did you um, always think your book was going to be LBGTQ? Or is that something yes. that came later? Okay. Um, I've got three um, relatives that are um, gay. And I know what one of them in particular went through in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. And he's still going through now, even though gay marriage is legalised here. It's only been legalised for the last five years, I think it is, but um, four or five. And um, so to have a relationship, the only thing that they could do was go to the park or go after dark to someone's house and leave early so that no one saw them. 
you know so it was really really hard for them to express their feelings and and to want to be with someone I guess it's like a colored person wanting to be with a white person um, years and years ago decades ago and and it wasn't allowed and it was you know terrible in some countries then same sort of thing with gay people you know and like with religion too there's a lot of um, hoo-ha about people you know, a Catholic with a Jewish person, etc., and, and that, because um, all the religions, like, people think that their religion is more hierarchical than the other person's religion, and you should follow my religion. It's the same, uh, I guess, black versus white, and, and it's not a versus, it's just the way it is. Like, I could have fallen in love with a, um, with a um, man from you know, the Cayman Islands or somewhere or or a, a South African, you know, and um, my parents, you know, I don't know what they would have thought of that, but some people are very strict like that. You have to marry into your own, your own culture because it causes cultural differences. Well, it's the same with gays, like females marrying females and males marrying males. Like, you know, you need a male and a female to procreate but now there's surrogacy and things like that so it's all changed everything's happening and evolving like for women as well and you know whereas before women were like in a way seen and not heard now they have a voice so yeah a lot of things are changing mm. slowly but surely right yes yeah. yeah but in some countries they still aren't though you know, women still haven't got a voice and, and people don't accept gay marriages and, and you know, and because of what my relatives went through, I thought it would be a good topic and fiction crosses the path of non-fiction. So I, I've been writing in a diary since I was 12, so I sort of put some of my own self in there as well, like when my mum died and my dad was dating women. I was going out with a boy who um, he was doing cooking lessons and he'd bring home the things that he was cooking for me to sample. So I sort of made Mark the cooking person in the book, like sent him off to cooking lessons to be a chef because that's what my boyfriend at the time wanted to do. So I used bits and pieces of my own life in the book because they say write what you know so it's like well you know I've got all these different things that have happened to me in my life so I'll put it into the book and disassociate myself from it not all of it is true in the book a lot of it is is pure fiction and made up but just like the boyfriend and um, with the cooking and stuff like that you know, and how, like, my dad was cleaning out all his clothes and bought all new clothes to start going out. And so, you know, I utilise things like that as I wrote the book. Yeah. How long did it take you to write the book? Five years. Wow. Is that <laughs> editing? Um, yes, with editing and everything, because I went to university because someone said to me, if you want to learn how to write, you should um, go and um, go to university and do a degree in um, writing and editing or creative writing, if you're really serious, because I'd written a manuscript which got rejected and um, 
I'd done um, 10 drafts on it and I'd been writing it for about three or four years. This is before I even started this book and it just didn't work out for me. And it was a memoir and um, they said, look, if you really want to, like I said, go to university. So that's what I did. And I finished a degree as a mature age student and um, I decided to, um, you know, write a book and I thought it'll take me two years and then I'll just go back into legal and get another job and that'll be it and at least that's off my bucket list. <laughs> so, But then I thought, well, no, I want to reinvent myself. I'll, I'll write some more. So I've written three picture books which I'm trying to get published and I've written another novel which I'm trying to piece together now from different things that have happened. So, What is a picture book? Ah, picture book is a children's picture book, you know, like, yeah, I've written three of those. Are you, so, are you drawing the pictures yourself? No, I don't illustrate. So I thought, well, I'll try and get them published traditionally. So I've put them out everywhere. So I'm waiting. I've had one rejection, which I got when I um, last spoke to you last week. I got a rejection in the mail, but then I got a, um, I sent out a poem because I do the six word story, as you know, on Twitter and, um, or a poem, and I sent a poem out and sound. Yeah, so I got an acceptance for a poem from, from one line on Twitter. They um, are doing an anthology and they accepted my poem, which was really lovely of them. So that was good. So I've, I've, the scales are balanced. I've had one rejection and one um, acceptance. So, oh, that's good. Yeah. You send your poems out a lot? Um, I used to. I'm published in 21 anthologies. Um, with poems and short stories and flash fiction. And I used to just send stuff out, like, because I'm a Sagittarian, I'd throw my arrows out everywhere, like, and it'd be like, boom, this one, that one, that one, and, and so on. So, you know, to try and um, see if I could get published and what people thought of my writing. So, yeah, but nowadays, not so much. Okay, so yeah. you basically started off sending short stories and poetry out. Yeah. You got serious about writing children's books. Yep. And now you published a novel and you're working yeah. on another novel. Mm. Wow. So you're constantly yeah. writing. Yes. And I work part time as well. Yeah, so I work with my husband part-time as a PA in real estate and um, plus I do the washing iron cooking cleaning. <laughs> so I play, I play Cinderella as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> so how long would you say you write a day? How long do I write a day? I can sit down for six hours straight and I can um, not move and then I can feel like I'm crippled in my hips from sitting down for too long. So now what I do is I get up and I walk around with the dogs or I'll take them down the street shopping with me or I'll go out and do a little bit of gardening or whatever. So just to break it up and then I'll go back and start writing again or I'll go on Twitter. Or, but Twitter's too much of a distraction and so is Instagram because I get stuck on there and then I think, oh, my God, two hours have gone. What am I? What am I doing? I've got so much to do. Oh, quick! Let's start writing again. <laughs> Have a look, and, and then trying to think of something to write. And 
And my husband says I put too much pressure on myself and I should just breathe and relax. But it's like, got to achieve this, got to achieve that, got to do this, got to do that. So anyway. So did you always want to be a writer or, I mean, did um, you writing your journals as a child, were you thinking I wanted to do this or? Even more so than a writer. And um, I used to love writing letters. Like I think the art form of letter writing has gone by the wayside and um, I'd write letters to relatives and to my grandparents in the countryside and, and that and just to see people's writing, it's beautiful compared to just looking at computer um, text and you know it's all the same like you can change it to um, Comic Sans, to Arial Narrow etc and um, Times New Roman and a whole lot of other ones but it's the person's um, writing and the pen and you know the curve of the letters and like I've got in the in the book as well like um, Dave's writing was like commanding attention like he was because I think writing is a beautiful thing and it's a shame that it you know it's it doesn't happen anymore because of computers and because of um, mobile phones or cell phones as you call them so um, I, I wrote a lot of letters as well as in a diary and when I was at university every day I would journal every single day that I was at university my thoughts my feelings and um, try and get into my senses as well to as as a memory of all those years of going there and how I felt and and that and um, anxiety as well, trying to fit in with um, 18 year old students and I'm like their mother and you know, it's like, you're like my mother, she's got a blonde bob, I don't want to know you. <laughs> <laughs> so things like that, you know, like trying to fit in when you're, when you're older as well and, and, you, and that's good, a good learning as well. So, yeah, I love to write now, but when I was younger, no. Do you, do you think that uh, being an author is a profession that you can live off of? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? It's really interesting that you ask that question because here's my book, right? Yeah. And see, it's got M.A. Quigley. It's a beautiful yeah. cover. Thank you. I really love it too. The publisher did a great job of it. But the thing is, M.A. Quigley, people said to me um, before I even started writing, like I said I was going to write a book, they said to me, oh, you just want to be like J.K. Rowling. Right? 